this week, Nomen Omen and Ghost Rider. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the First Issue Club. We're your weekly comic book podcast that talks almost exclusively first issues every week. I'm Mike D. With me, as always, are Greg, the Budget King, and Caitlin. Caitlin's back. Back Back again. (laughs) She was gone. Now Now she's back. (laughs) To kickstart the show, let's get into some comic book news or some headlines that tickled your fancy this week. There was a headline that said, Dynamite publisher made $4.5 million selling omnibus books since March of The Boys. Wait, $4.5 million on just The Boys? Omnibus. Omnibuses. March, which, yeah. I mean, that's been a bit, but still, that's... That's impressive. shit. A big old... That's that's a lot more money in comic books than I would think. That's going to keep Dynamite alive for a while. Yeah, no kidding. What's their next best thing? Like cave girl porno book? <laughs> I believe, cave woman. I believe it's uh, Scary Eddie. Evil Eddie. There we go. Evil, Evil Ernie. Ernie. I like Scary Eddie. <laughs> I'm Scary Eddie. <laughs> I had a pair of like long johns when I was a little kid called Sleepy Eddies. Oh. And it said Sleepy Eddie all around the waistband. <laughs> Much like... Uh, Joe Boxer. Yeah. <laughs> so Was there a character to this or it just said Sleepy Eddie? It just said Sleepy oh. Eddies. Those but the good old days. When you would... Where they had sewn... Your granimals, your Sleepy Eddies. Where they had sewn the elastic together on the back of my pants, it said, Eddie dies. <laughs> the way it lined up. <laughs> And I was like, these are fucking rad. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like sleddies or something, but were, Eddie dies yeah. is so, <laughs> it was, so that's a good. good. It's good to get into misprint pajama <laughs> pants. Yeah, get those graded. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see how much of those sales were like digital and how much were. Oh, yeah. Because when I think I want to buy an omnibus or something, I'm going to buy... Uh, second-hand thing normally. Definitely. Omnibuses are expensive. They're like they are. hundreds of dollars. I don't think I'm familiar. They have everything. An omnibus is like it's like collections God. of a trade. It's like Like God. multiple trades in one. So it's like a criterion, but for those things? Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah. Okay. I buy them, but only but digitally. For those things. They're much cheaper, and those are the sort of things that just don't hold value, but I still want to read the thing. Sure. So they just make sense for me digitally. Wonderful. Another head, <laughs> another headline. Hit if, us with it. If you're going to see the Joker this week, you can't wear a costume. Oh, man. There's been so many warnings you about can't? this movie. Like, I the think... Alamo actually had to put out a, a little blurb that says, this is not a kid's movie. I saw that. This is Why not. Why in the world would you assume this was a kid's movie if you had seen anything about it? Because people are dumb. There are, there are parents out there. They're just like, I, my kid can handle it. My, my eight-year-old. Can handle our movies. Yeah. All right. He's been alive for eight years. Okay, but I don't think that Alamo saying this isn't a kid's movie is keeping those jokers away. I think it was more of just like a kind of like a trigger warning, like them covering their asses, just like, do not bring your kids to this. This is rated fucking R for a reason. And the director of that movie today said he quit comedy because of woke culture. Not a good sign. (laughs) Not a great look for that movie. No. It's basically confirming all of my fears about incel propaganda. I actually, 
I, I was, until I read that, I was kind of a little bit excited about this I movie. I was pretty pumped, and I didn't know that until you just said it. So now I'm not necessarily. Are you going to see it? Uh, you have to see it. Yeah, I'm going to see it um, like on iTunes. You're going to rent it. Yeah. I'll say that I'm just as guilty as this as everybody else, but I've kind of realized this week that the more and more I hear about this movie before it even comes out, how much everyone is judging like this piece of art before it's even been in theaters. Mm -hmm. Like none of us have seen it and we're all making these preconceived notions about like whether it should exist or should not exist and what it might mean and what it's like the safe take on it is versus like the brutal honest take on it. It's some it's an art piece and if it's a commentary on incel culture, I don't know, maybe there's some honesty in it and it's like brutally awesome. Okay. I I am open to the idea of being pleasantly surprised by this movie. I mean, worst case scenario, Joaquin Phoenix is an incredible fucking actor. I also think he's the type of person where, like, he doesn't really pick roles just to make money. Right. This he was a, in The Master. He probably saw the script and was like, I can do this. This is something I want to do. What, um, you guys were talking about something. He was on Jimmy Kimmel or something? Or Yeah, did you guys see that? No. So did he, like, Recently, have a freak out? Well, the one that I saw was on David Letterman. But uh, that was a long time that's ago. That's when he did I'm Still Here, <laughs> oh, where he yeah. spent three years of his life doing a fake documentary yeah. as if he were a hip-hop artist, which is one of the best fucking movies ever made. Yeah. yeah. So this Jimmy Kimmel thing was... Paint me a picture. He's doing, like, a normal Hollywood talk show interview, and Jimmy Kimmel's like, someone sent us an outtake from the movie. Let's take a look at it. And they play this clip that's... Him sitting in makeup and the DP or something had just been muttering under his breath, you're being a fucking diva. They go to another clip, he gets up and he slams his notebook down and gets up and he's like, fuck you guys, and walks away. Why would they send this clip in? And then they clip back to him. He was like, I guess I'm going to have to talk to my publicist and have a statement tomorrow. That was supposed to be a private moment. Movies are... Tense. Aren't they supposed to clear those with the people? Like, isn't it supposed to be what? even when stuff like that he's comes out, it's person, still a stunt? He's the type of person that, like, it might be... Planned? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. That's not a bad thought, actually. Because they have to. Yeah. I feel like there's been so many, like, gotcha moments where they have to clear things now. It was a hoax. It was a hoax? Yep. Set footage of Joaquin Phoenix cursing is fake. Vice. Joaquin Phoenix profanity-laden Joker outtake was a hoax. Wow. Uh, post. Joaquin Phoenix gets awkward after Joker takes fake outtakes on him. Bull. So it was a marketing thing. And it, they just won because we're talking about it. That's Fuck crazy. Me. Yeah. Sorry I even brought it up. No, no, no. I think... I mean, it was... That moment was so tense, and his reaction was, like, so real. Like, kudos to him. Well, and maybe it's another meta thing where, I mean, you guys were talking about this movie kind of ending up being, like, a critique on that kind of culture. Yeah. Maybe this is, like, the cancel culture. That's crazy. I mean, he got it. Yeah, like, I guess I'm going to have to issue a statement tomorrow. Like, even saying those things brings to light, like, this is the stuff that people are dealing with and, like. Man. Oh, you guys need to watch it for sure. I want to. Yeah. News hits? Anybody else? After 10 long, lonesome years, Crank Anchors is back. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. No thanks. <laughs> is, the birds, is the Birds of tr- uh, Prey trailer Oh, new? Oh, my God, yes. Have you guys seen the Birds of Prey trailer? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's good? I like it. It looked really good. This is the new Harley Quinn movie? Yeah. Well, well, it's she's I mean, like it's, co-starring. Yeah. It's called Birds it's, of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn. I would Quinn. say she's headlining. 
She really is. This She's trailer not... was mostly Harley Quinn. Yeah, it is. Which, honestly, that's how you sell this movie. Quinn. Oh, 100%. Who's playing Harley Quinn? Margot Robbie. Robbie. Margot Robbie still. She's yeah. incredible. Continued universe of yeah, she's a great actress. She's it, a great it, actress, and oh, she's she's a, unbelievable. Perfect casting for well, this character. Yeah, and what I forget what happens at the end of Suicide Squad, but I don't know if it's like a direct tie-in from there timeline-wise because um, it follows her post breakup with right. Joker. So I think they cover that in the beginning of this movie. Well, they've pro- yeah that they they're that probably they going break to up, yeah. But Based- didn't he like leave her? At the end of Suicide Squad, you know what? Like, uh, to, I'm in, gonna be in real honest. In order to get away, <laughs> I have burned any memory of Suicide Squad. <laughs> I tried. Out Killer of my Croc head. is gone. We wasted money on that in theaters. It she was, wasn't that bad though. She was great, but like the weird racist undertones of certain That's characters. That's why I said Killer Croc is gone. <laughs> was just awkward. Yeah. And whoever played the Huntress, big eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Um. Clon de Cliva. Okay. What are you going to say about her? Clon de her, her acting was real rigid and weird. And Anyway, I'm glad all those people are out and that this new movie came out because the trailer made it, made it look really, really good. The trailer made it look really good. So, yeah. If you guys like movies with uh, things in it, you're really going to like this movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to like that movie. It, it made it look real good. This is four-year-old Greg saying, <laughs> get your parents to buy you tickets. <laughs> All the cool big kids are going to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Twayed baseball cards. If those were the ads for this movie, I would actually I would too. love to see it. Hey, everybody. My name is Thomas, and I'm here to talk to you about Holly Quinn's in the movie. <laughs> Holly Quinn's. They're like Quins. little kids, but yeah. like also too wild and crazy guys. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys like stuff with bad worlds in it? Well, guess what? You're going to love this. <laughs> You're going to flip your wig for this movie. Is he also from Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, flip yeah. your wig is a common expression. Somebody that taught him that right kids. before they. <laughs> It'll knock you white off your block. <laughs> they get common like turns of phrase yeah. wrong. <laughs> is this being filmed at recess? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You hear like bells ringing. Recess is over. Well, gotta oh. go. Go see Bulls Away. Hold on, I gotta go learn about fractions. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, everybody. Be sure no one's in the womb because there's about to be a lot of cursing and Jerry? a lot of cur- What? Jerry. What? Jerry. What? Your pizza rolls are done, sweetie. Okay, I'll be down in a minute. Okay. All right. Don't, don't All right. wait. All right, Mom, please. I, I, I got to finish this thing. All right. All right. All right. Have fun. All right. Mom, I got to. Okay. Let's get this podcast started. Pizza rolls. First up, we've got Nomen Omen out on Image Comics. And how about that name? <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Just rolls off straight <laughs> off of my favorite organ. <laughs> Caitlin, will you please do us the honor of walking us through what Nomen Omen was all about? I will try. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. But I've adapted this description that I found online. It's been a while. <laughs> Since I last read a witchcraft book. (laughs) And described it to you guys. (laughs) Okay, so no matter how fast you run, sooner or later, your past will catch up with you. Don't know if you guys knew that. Enter Becky Kumar, a 21-year-old from a three-mom family who's about to cross the veil between our reality and a realm of otherworldly truths. 
This is a tale of tales of witchcraft. <laughs> it said a tale of tales, and I just left it because that's that charming. Good. It is a tale of tales, witchcraft, and secrets for mature readers that rewires the rules of urban fantasy. Let me start with this. As a person who lost their footing with religion, I'm a sucker for anything on Instagram that's like, this is the way I've figured out life, or this is the new thing that I like. He says this thing in the end, in his editor's notes, the author of this, magic is real. I say this thing to myself a lot, like, I'm creating magic, or I'm, this, this thing has magical properties that I'm, like, doing in his life. That really got me. I felt like that's, I was like, that's an interesting premise to go about life. And he said that he wanted to conjure that up, that premise in this comic book. That alone made me feel like I like this comic book. Like I'm interested in that pursuit or that idea of trying to make magic manifest in a real world. I liked some of the symbolism too, like the apples, the heart. This is fairy tale. This is not something that's, I mean, it's wanting to evoke some of those things, but in that spirit of, this stuff exists. And I will say that I always, like, in a story where they're towing the line between is this magic or is this person just crazy, I always want it to be magic. So I feel like that really spoke to me, too. Like, I do want something to be magical. I do want that to exist, and I want that to be where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> that alone is a good enough comic book for me. I'm just kind of filling the air right here. But, uh, <laughs> but then the premise of the jumping around... I needed I needed you guys to help me fill in some stuff. Same. Okay. Yeah. And when we say jumping around, we mean that this comic book essentially at the staples and this great gatefold of like an orgy scene switched into a, a new storyline. Same characters, but in a new time period with new characters. And it's pr I think it's pr pretty clearly communicated that it's now following the baby that is being yeah infused in the belly of one of the characters that comes. Like that is in the budget. King is part. shaking his head when you said it's well, pretty clearly defined. Let's it's set, not. Let's start by explaining the <laughs> premise of the first half of the story. You've got two young lovers. One's about to go to med school. One's about to go across the country to pursue whatever her career path is. Open a bookstore. Yeah, I think it's just inherent. Yeah. Yeah. Or She's, yeah, she wants to yeah. get to the big city, go to New York, and open a bookstore. It's just classic fleeting you know, 20-something conversation about, like, where your heart is pulling you, lighthearted road trip sort of stuff, which put me in a place where I wasn't ready for, like, the shock of them pulling up on a wreck, finding a dead person, and what ensued after. How does everyone feel about that? Same page? Love yeah. that, Leah. Yeah. I could have gone with that story for a while. For I sure. was really mm -hmm. tracking. Ultimately, this woman comes out of the brush who's seemingly possessed. She right. snaps in and out of possession. She's got symbols on her person. She's yeah, the... drawn in blood. Ultimately, just to get to the chase, she puts her hand on this other woman's stomach and is just like, thank you for what you're going to do. And she she was pregnant herself, right? Yes. I thought the possessed she just, woman was pregnant. I thought she transferred yes. the fetus. Yeah, she transferred the... her fetus yeah. to this other woman. Mm -hmm. And this like demon sex orgy scene was the passing of this life force yeah. to this new woman. And my, my assumption is, is at that point, this possessed woman passes on and our couple goes into the distance and has this child together. Now, at this point in the comic book, I am so fucking in. And I want to see more of their story. And I was almost disheartened 
to see the jump forward in time. Anyone yeah, yeah. else? I was too. Because like, the kid's like, how old's the kid now? In that time, in that 21. time jump, twenty-one. Yeah. Well, and do you think that it's both women? I know that she, I know that it, her phone rings, mom one. So I assume. So those two were so the two on the road trip together are women. Mm-hmm. They're a couple. Mm-hmm. I'm so tracking now. I get all of this. I get everything. <laughs> you totally explained it all. And I totally like get it. Yeah, and now they're raising the child together. I just needed I just own. needed a couple Which, words that said uh, twenty years in the future now, or just like something that just guided me to say these are the moms now and they have a kid. I like the transition; it was interesting. I didn't get that they were the moms that had the new kid until you guys said this. This comic book's fucking awesome now. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> I love it. I mean, that, it's great, but I wish I couple, wish there was yeah. a slower burn mm-hmm. to get jumping twenty twenty one years later. Maybe this was the hook. And we'll get more of that in issues to come. If you can give us this 21 years later spoiler and then still make their story of how they got there interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, knowing that she can get her heart taken out and wake up in a hospital bed, there's more to explore. Did the moms know that this was going to happen? Were they imbued with these visions? Are they part of a secret world? Yeah. Like what's we we want to know more about the moms. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. Before we get into all the what-ifs there, let's recap or rehash the second half of this comic book. One, it was in black and white. Because the main character is colorblind. She sees in like a mono, through a monochromatic lens. What was the name that she gave it to? It was like she oh, can't yeah. even distinguish color. I had never heard right. of that word. Neither had I. Distinguish? Not... Sorry. Yeah, da, 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 da. <laughs> he couldn't help himself. Sorry. We, we also, a little hanging fruit. We also find out that there is a... In, a pairing Instagram account that goes with this book. How many pictures are on this Instagram account? Tons. Are there really? Dedicated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How long has it been going? Um, Two days. They they <laughs> intermix a little bit of promo material with okay. the comic book, which I was like, that's okay. I get that. Absolutely. Like, um, but they, they dedicated themselves to the craft here. I, <laughs> I just appreciate in general when a comic book does that like yeah. outside stuff like we've read comics where the people make music to correspond with the book mm-hmm. sonata had that like app VR. you could scan the comic with and like yeah. you could see original drawings that that little extra details and stuff makes it easier for me to spend four dollars on a comic book for all of those gimmicks and like little add-on things that make for a deeper experience this is one probably my favorite one that I can recall at least. Really? Just because it adds depth to the character themselves. Like it's yeah. it's posts made by this character of the book that you're reading, right? Are there that's, words that's much the better than this like ambient like pop song that was written yeah. to like a company? Well, because yeah. it's actually contr- like a contribution to the story. Right. It's not like a behind the scenes. It's like this is where the story's going and you're in on it because you're doing this additional thing. Totally. So Second half of the story starts out with the two women that we saw on the road trip. At this point, our assumption is that they had this insane shared experience. But ever since, they've just been raising this child as their own. And they've had a completely normal kid. But you, one, one can expect that if you had a kid through magical means that... <laughs> Ultimately, someone's going to come a knocking, and or like something weird yeah. is going to happen. Rump- right? Nothing good can come Rump- from magical. Rumpelstiltskin. Birth. Yeah. And like, have you told this kid about how you see? I don't. I don't. I. I don't know that. I doubt it. They have. You probably wouldn't I'm be, be like. So mad I have some didn't. mystical drifter. Oh, I touched would. my belly and turned 
I like, would 100% tell I that kid. I haven't been told yet. <laughs> but you, you haven't gotten your uh, you letter kn- to Hogwarts? You know there's something greater than. Yes, with yeah, you, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a better story out there for me. My parents <laughs> haven't. They have, they've chosen not to tell me uh-huh. about my evil dissension yet. Think about this, too. You're like... Okay. Uh, okay. Please, I'm ready. Close your eyes. My mind's open. Okay. You, you're... Uh, my third eye's peeking, though. There we go. <laughs> You're 21 years old. You're you're in a romantic relationship with somebody. I've been there. Um, and you're you're on a little road trip. All of a sudden, bam! You find out that person's pregnant. Uh, you got to spend the rest of your life with them. Or I mean, you it's like a me. supernatural baby. Yeah, I would stick with that person. Would you? If they're having a supernatural baby, I'm like, all right, let's see where I this got, goes. Yeah, I got to see what happens. Yeah. I just saw a baby go into your <laughs> belly through someone's fingertip. Three mummies. Two. Three. 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 Three moms. The initial host. The initial host who is dead, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Yeah. Still a mommy. But still a mom. Wow. How about, about that? <laughs> How about them moms? How about them moms? Next book. HBDS. <laughs> Next book. You, you do not want to linger on this. <laughs> Our second book on the docket today is Ghost Rider number one, obviously out on Marvel from Ed Brisson, Cooter, and Keith. Uh, we're seeing both of the Ghost Bros. Maybe. I would read a comic called Ghost Bros. <laughs> you like mm-hmm. that better than Ghost Rider? Yeah. Ghost Bros. Yeah. I also like Cosmic Ghost Rider better than Ghost Rider, so Ooh. I'm a Ghost Bros fan already. <laughs> well, I'm talking about Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch, two guys who have recently been... Ghost Riders? Ghost Ridders? How do you pluralize it? Ridemen? A murder of ghost riders. It's <laughs> called a flame. I just want... A flame. The, bro- also, the brothers ghost I don't rider. want any... I mean, it's ghost bros. The Who are brothers, we The brothers ghost rider. I don't want anybody to confuse this comic book with the PBS show Ghost Writer. I remember that oh, show. W-R-I-T-E-R. Yes. Often with um, after Wishbone. Yes. Okay. Not to be confused with the Marvel superhero Wish Boone, <laughs> <laughs> who was a witch. Killer chimes all around. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this edit. <laughs> well, where it's just Mike coming through clear, crystal clear, and us all static. <laughs> I've made myself sound really funny and awesome. Just constant laugh tracks. Everyone else is made to be fools. <laughs> Well, I, one of the coolest things that's going on in the MCU recently, I think, is Ghost Rider's addition to the Avengers. There's like some really weird dynamics going on with that team that you haven't seen in like a long, long time. Ghost Rider was teased forever in that series when we started seeing le- legacy stuff. And I think we're finally getting some payoff of what that is in this newer, more modern series. Right. Um, if you're a Marvel head, you already know Ghost Rider, King of Hell in this story. And I guess when you become King of Hell and you are Ghost Rider, your skull does this thing where it forms a crown on your head from your skull. And it's just hollow. And it looks <laughs> badass as 
fuck. It's pretty fucking the cool. Other, I the, love it. The other um, people that aren't from Kansas City won't know this, but the other person that does that is the famed mascot Slugger from the Royals. <laughs> oh, his head turns into a crown. You're As right. Well, yeah. when he it, becomes royalty. He is a... Yeah. He was a creature formed in the sulfuric pits of hell in defiance of God. He uh, is an abomination, and we love him. (laughs) (laughs) We can't get enough of old Slugger. We just have to keep him out of trouble when he slings hot dogs a little too far. Yep. Before each game, we cart out six. That's the demon in him. We cart out six innocent fans, and he shoots (laughs) hot dogs at them. Into their eyes. Yeah. Uh, there's some questions I have about like Ghost Rider kind of like timeliney stuff on this, but one thing I wanted to get out there was Ed Brizen. Have you guys read stuff by him before? Oh, for sure. I love him. He. I it, wrote him on Instagram a couple months ago just to be like, "You're amazing." No, I, don't know. I his his indie stuff that he has written is yeah. is fucking awesome. One of the books that I like can't recommend to people enough is one called Sheltered. I don't know if you guys have ever heard I of that. I haven't read that. Um, it's it's I think it's marketed as a po- as a pre post apocalyptic book. It's about like kids prepping for an inevitable doomsday. It's so good. He did the mantle comeback, violent. He did so many image books. The violent is one of my favorite miniseries in like the last ten it, years. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and so he's such a good writer. So when they gave him this. Uh, to bring back Ghost Rider, I was just like, it's in good hands. I 100% agree. I was very excited. He had two Marvel first issues come out this week, and I was very excited to see what he did with them. Contagion was the other one. Kind of an event. Oh, yeah. That's getting some heat from uh, <laughs> ripping off Deceased. But hey, Deceased was kind of a ripoff of Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies. So, so which we actually all borrow and just take. A, I think Deceased ended today. So maybe there it's a it's a continuous timeline. <laughs> Could be. Man, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I'll say that Marvel's version, a lot more lighthearted, no surprise. <laughs> oh god. Well, obviously you guys Wait, have not been kidding. keeping up with Deceased, but so it's been good. Yeah, has it has it been good? It has been good. Okay. <laughs> this book read very much like a soap opera to me or kind of introduced itself oh as fuck it did operatic there's a lot of relationships and tension there's like an alcoholic that purchases a bar his ex is obviously a cop yeah right totally all these great she's gonna be on his case all That's these great point, things yeah. some great things with the people who are trying to like weasel in on his position as king of hell mm-hmm um, we, oh, those were so you've sweet. Got, yeah, you've got a threat to the throne. You've got mm-hmm. essentially demon bounty hunters who are trying to bring these people back. Yeah. They're having to team up, and then you've got all the issues, the personal issues of him. Totally drama filled. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot in this first issue to, to dissect, but they put it in so slyly that it's going to take, it'll, it'll pop into your head two days later, and you'll just be like, oh my God, like, that's what that meant. Like, that's what's going to happen. And it's, it, it's so layered and complex. I love it. You, I, I think that, like, Marvel, however many years ago, was like, we're going to do mix-em-ups with who the people are. We're going to make Iron Man female. We're going to make uh, Hulk Asian. We're going to do, like, all these different types of things. I think now they're mixing up their books and being like, we're going to make Hulk a horror movie. We're going to make Ghost Rider a soap opera. And to me, that's working really well. Oh, totally. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know we've had a handful of creators on and... Genre is always a buzzword that comes up when we're talking to them. 
that they're big fans of balls-to-the-wall westerns growing up yeah. or balls-to-the-wall horror growing up. And that yeah. influences the way that they write a lot. And you can really tell in some modern comics that that's coming back. There was, I think, a time certainly during like the 60s, 70s when genre was huge in comic books. And then we kind of lost it and everything just became washed out superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. Now it's back better than ever. Yeah. Because you're forcing characters to be more complex than I'm a good guy, I fight bad guys, the end. Right. Right, because and putting in this them book, in a setting where they feel foreign, or something's going to happen within them that's more interesting than, yeah. am I a good guy or a bad guy? Well, yeah, because in this book you don't know. I mean, it's this should be clear cut. You're from hell. You are a bad person, right? Yeah, they totally wipe that slate completely clean and make you think, well, are they? Because there's this demon in the book that says. Why are you following me? I've I've paid off my debt a million times over. You should be more concerned with the people who don't want to escape hell. That got to me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're probably right. People can change. Mm -hmm. Right? Especially after, like, eons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of absolute torture. You're right. just like, I get it. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I've learned. And for the people that want to stay in there, yep. you're just like, they need to stay in there. Go <laughs> <Yeah>. watch them. <laughs> I had some compassion for that demon. And Which so, is why Ed Brisson is amazing. Yep. And so is it going to be that Ghost Rider is hunting down Johnny Blaze? So we get introduced to Lilith. She had the moped gang, which was fucking rad. I love she that. She looked really cool, too. Yeah, she looked sick. So uh, Danny Ketch goes to his mother's grave, very drunk, and he sees a vision of his mother. I think that's Lilith. Manipulating him? Manipulating him, trying to convince him that Johnny Blaze is evil. I don't really know the um, etiology of, like, Ghost Rider very well. Is, Not many people do. Is is Lilith, <laughs> but what I understood Lilith to be was, like, kind of a goddess. Is she not? So in the Bible, like, in religious text, Lilith is, like, a, the other like person that God of, made. Mother of demons? I thought Lilith was, like... She basically turned into the snake, or was the snake? Damn, Greg, that's a good pull. I I learned this in a college writing class because I had a very wonderful and talented English teacher who was hyper feminist, and she taught us some weird shit that we probably weren't supposed to learn in that class. <laughs> and I, to this day, it, cannot thank this person enough for being my teacher. That's awesome. I I I had no familiarity with that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Her, her most important thing is manipulating other people to take care of Johnny Blaze so she can be hands-off and sneak right in. Yeah. And Mephisto's locked up Hoping that somewhere. they like, all kill each other in the process. Yeah. yeah. The Mephisto thing that you bring up, huge storyline going on in Marvel Comics right now that seems to be getting a little muddy. That Continue. There's a lot of different storylines that involve Mephisto in one way or another. He was in Champions for a second. Amazing Spider-Man recently. Yeah. There's been allusions to him in the Hulk storyline a little bit. Mm -hmm. You think they're leading up to explaining what? Well, part of me thinks that they might be leading up to a, a big Mephisto event sort of thing or something major with that character. But at the same time, I also think that these storylines are contradicting themselves enough that you may have just had like three prominent flagship Marvel writers all at once just decide they wanted to use Mephisto in their books, and now we're like, fuck, like, what, he's locked up in this book, but he's out free wrangling around in this book. Right. Well, was he in this book, or were they doing things under the guise of Mephisto? No, he was actually locked up in that 
prison thing. Yeah, he's in a prison. Yeah. That's why Johnny Blaze is being called a false king by a lot of people. Right, because Mephisto yeah. is the true king of hell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or so his followers say. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you for setting that straight. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. <laughs> Let's say you're in hell. Who's your king? Me. Who's, yeah, who's your king? I'm the king of my fucking self. <laughs> Uh, pleasure, <laughs> pleasure is my king. Uh, yeah, abstract it always, concept. It of always pleasure. has struck me as strange <laughs> that people in hell would follow uh, literally anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who is paying attention to yeah, any of that? Hell shit? needs to be utter chaos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I've even think thought... a leader of hell would want to be. Le- they would just be more concerned with like what they want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. Satan wouldn't have a huge problem on his hands. Like I'm sure he can't micromanage because there's so much shit going on and you know it's it's tough down there Mm -hmm. it's just tough (laughs) it's tough to be a devil nowadays one of the things that i'm most excited about instead of editor's notes we kind of got our bearing a little bit of the landscape of the marvel underworld it was kind of like dante's inferno like the layers of hell Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. obviously there's some retconning here you know you may have hell used as a storyline in Thor and then hell used as a storyline in another book. And we're trying to wrangle and define, you know, 10, 12 realms of hell. <laughs> Those two pages were like, actually, yeah. that was really <laughs> yes. Niflheim. Yeah. That uh-huh. wasn't hell. Yeah, totally. But it was great. Uh, yeah, it was super helpful. So one of those was highlighted as in like, hey, this week we're focusing on hell that like we're within. Yeah. Now next Christian hell. Next week we're gonna focus on like Niflheim, like the blow place. Yeah. (laughs) Oh uh what what was it? Uh, the sulfur not sulfur but Brimstone. uh, Brim yeah the brimstone realm. Yeah. Where Nightcrawler uh his dad's from. Right. Yeah. Is that Azazel or Azazel? Uh huh. Azazel. So my hope would be that this story continues to explore and really define and get like some true Marvel definition of what these like hellscapes are. Well, I bet that you're going to have contenders from several of these realms, right? Trying to take over like actual hell. Yeah. Oh, I love if you find out more about the different realms of the underbelly. Oh by, shit! By making like a gang war for like Mephisto's it's place. A, it's that another be... War of the Realms situation. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> it's all hell. Yeah. <laughs> This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. Now who's on their dickhole phones? My picture's too low res. (laughs) You got us. <laughs> Got him, coach. Got him. <laughs> Got him, coach. <laughs> Got him. <laughs>